everyone, Lou Rosenfeld here. Welcome to the latest Rosenfeld Review Podcast. And I have a special guest joining us today, Amy Marquez. Hello, Amy. Hello, Lou. How's it going? It's going great. Great to have you on the show. Folks out there in listening land may know Amy. Her title is Manager Alexa Personality Experience Team at Amazon. Uh, I, I've been working, uh, known Amy a little bit on and off since uh, she was at uh, USAA in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, has, she's now moved up to uh, Amazon land, has a beautiful commute on a ferry, which makes me envious. <laughs> I'm kind of mad right now, even just thinking about it. But I'll put aside my anger. <laughs> I like you, Amy. Thank you. <laughs> and because I think um, you're working on a really interesting project uh, that I get to watch closely. Uh, namely, Amy is one of the four leaders of our four themes at Enterprise UX 2018. Um, you may know that uh, every time we do that conference, we do a bunch of user research to figure out what people seem to be interested in learning about. Our four themes are build, which Eduardo Ortiz is leading. Uh, our second one is communicate, uh, which Margot Deere is leading. Third one that Amy's going to talk about is invest. And the fourth one is scale, that Trisha Wong will be leading. And each of these is like a little mini conference in our, inside our single track event. And uh, Amy's working with uh, three really interesting people, uh, JJ Kircher, Pantanjali, Chari, and Darrell Rabinowitz. And she's going to talk a little bit about this theme of invest and the, the people she's pulled together and uh, how they might fit. Uh, let's just jump right in. So first of all, the idea of invest. Do you want to talk a little bit about what it means to invest in, in UX in the enterprise context? Sure. And I want to make it clear that we're not talking about necessarily financial investment. We're talking about invest, investment in, you know, where can you be strategic without sacrificing any short-term wins? Where can you be strategic and make a gain in the long run? Where can you balance your long-term and short-term strategies? And it's not just about strategy, it's also about taking care of your designers, taking care of design within your enterprise, um, investing in the proper tooling, the proper education, the proper mentoring, um, the proper advocacy for um, the growth and development of your designers. And how do you build cross-functional um, teams that communicate well together. And that communicates another um, track on this that has some intersection with invest that will be really interesting to kind of see how that theme, those themes build. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's always some overlap between them all. But invest is a really good framing, I think, because already as you're describing the things you could invest in, I imagine a lot of people listening are starting to think about things like, well, how do I prioritize my investment, whether it's time or money or effort? You just named a whole bunch of things. Yeah. And, uh, is that something that uh, your group of people will be speaking uh, at Enterprise UX are going to be thinking about? Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, Patanjali Cherry, who's the vice president of UX at Ellie Mae. Um, and he leads a team that is focused on AI and machine learning and design in the mortgage banking area. And part of what he's talked about, he, he's really focusing on the strategic gains, the, where, where do you place your energies for design to add the most value to the business? 
So I'm really interested to develop, help him develop what he's talking about and see how this um, develops into a wonderful talk for the people at EUX. And I wonder if his, his setting, Ellie May, is going to actually push him to, to looking at invest from more of a, a monetary perspective. Well, and, and to be good design leaders, you also have to think about monetary investment as well. Um, it, you have to think what's good for the user is good for the business. Mm -hmm. But you have to make sure you draw those lines so that the business can clearly see that benefit or else you're not going to get anywhere. And, and how do the other speakers fit in this? Um, so we have JJ Kircher from uh, Appfolio. She's the director of CX there. And she has done a really great job in building a very successful design org. She's part of the team that's been building a design org. And I think she's got some really interesting things to talk about when investing in people and investing in how you develop your people, how you grow your design org. So I think that's going to be really interesting. She's very passionate about customer interaction. And I think just her breadth of knowledge from the work they've done in Appfolio is going to be a great asset. And, and sharing that with the attendees of Enterprise UX is going to be great. So, Amy, that's knowing a bit about your work. I think that's pretty close to your heart and the, the idea of investing in people. Absolutely. One of the things I always wonder about, though, so we hired a business development person a year or two ago who comes from a very traditional sales background and is new to our field. A lot of the best salespeople, you know, they're, they're, they're not aligned to a particular vertical. They are aligned to being good at sales. And so she joined us and she's totally, you know, when she was totally new to UX, uh, when she just started out, she was constantly blown away by the fact that people jump from gig to gig every year or two. And that that's like, it's expected and almost encouraged in a sense. Is that something you see pushback on in terms of at least uh, leadership that says, how can we invest in our people when they're just going to be jumping ship in a year or two? Well, I think the, the push is how do we invest in people successfully so they don't jump ship? How do we keep them passionate and interested? Um, how do we not just put them on projects that help us and the business? How do we put them on projects that help them grow? So it's basically... Uh, you're framing it as you've already invested. Let's not screw that up by, by not following through. Uh, and, and so it almost sounds like it's load balancing. Like you want to invest yeah. you know, certainly in, in recruiting and onboarding, but then you have to uh, invest in retention. And it, it sounds like something that JJ might get into. Absolutely. And that was one of the, my favorite things about leading the R and D design team at USAA was sitting down with them on a regular basis and saying, here's the projects we have coming down the pipe who is most interested in what. And by understanding what they were interested in learning, I could help them work towards projects they liked the most and see, let's explore this different area. Especially when you're working in R&D, you can work across the entire enterprise and sometime, sometimes in topics that have nothing to do with USAA themselves are just like a growing emerging field like AI or uh, any of the emerging technology you can think about. You're working on things that um, have a lot of ambiguity. And so if those are very, very interesting to specific people, mm -hmm. you can help them go towards those projects, keep them interested, keep them growing. So you have a couple of, of angles on investment. And then you have uh, Darrell Rabinowitz from PayPal, who has always like had my favorite Twitter handle, Darrell this. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good one. What's Dorelvis, uh, Dorelvis is in the house. Uh, what's she thinking about when it comes to invest? So Dorel's um, point of view is about the importance of building relationships across silos. That's what she's the most passionate about right now. And speaking about how to strategically build those relationships, but making them genuine relationships. It's like, for me, my least favorite word in the world is networking. It's icky. Um, and I like Darrell's approach to building genuine relationships and trust across the silos and investing that time and doing that and understanding what the other team's priorities are so that she can understand their motivations. So let's dig a little bit deeper into that because that's an area that I personally care a heck of a lot about. Uh, and I know more and more people do. In fact, yeah, so I'll let you into a little um, tidbit. After the very first Enterprise UX, which was in 2015, a couple of the organizers and I were, were drunk with happiness because it was done and it seems to have gone well. And we actually probably had a few drinks and <laughs> thinking about the next conference that we should create. And uh, I'm still thinking we should probably, you know, do this at some point. But uh, the, the term that I came down, uh, the stupid name I came up with for it was uh, burning silos, burning silos 2019. Maybe you could kind of dig a little deeper into, you know, what you think the realm might be covering and, and or uh, maybe some of your own experience with the whole issue of, of uh, getting things to happen across silos in an enterprise setting. I think... So for personally for me, investing time in just building those relationships is extremely important. And just getting to know people on a personal level where you know the names of their dogs, you know their kids are in specific grades, help understand the individuals who lead those silos. Because what motivates them isn't just from a business sense, they're motivated as human beings. To understand the holistic picture of who this leader is and why they're motivated by what they're motivated by is very important to me and, and very important to building a genuine relationships and really understanding how to talk to that person. So I, I love that. And, uh, you know, one of the things that comes up for me in these discussions of, of cross silo collaboration and engagement is the idea that we don't all speak the same language. So you, you, know, you got into, into a big one, which is motivation, but even when we share motivations, we, we have a hard time communicating. I wonder if, you're seeing that in your current role or, or when you were at USAA? Yeah, you absolutely have to speak the language of the other teams. Like if, if you're um, trying to convince someone in business to invest in design, you've got to be able to speak business to them. You've got to understand, you've got to go in there with a, a handful of data on why this is the right direction to go. You can't just, if, if, whether it's user research based, whether it's metrics based from whatever uh, experiments you've run, um, whether it's a hypothesis that you've proven out, you have to go in there and talk facts to them. You can't talk about aspirations. You can't talk about how it makes the end user feel because those are not tangible to them. Those aren't the languages they speak. So actually one of the approaches I've seen that I like is the concept of when, you're, when you are talking with people from another silo, is triangulating. So, you know, there, there is the triangulation uh, model where you, you know, you do what you just said, which is you, you speak in terms of evidence or data. It's a very scientific approach. Let, let's, let's uh, establish the facts that we know and believe uh, in common and, and start with those. But the, another one 
the other part of the triangle is the idea of, of story and that, um, you know, storytelling is something that all humans respond to because it's pretty much at this point in our history genetically encoded for us to do so. So I wonder if that is something that you're, you're also seeing in these cross-silo conversations. Yeah, I think if you can build a compelling story that's based on data, especially, I mean, I know that, that you're familiar with Donna Lachaw's uh, story arc, the, the book that she's written about storytelling. Well, you know, we published it, so yeah. <laughs> slightly familiar with it, right? Making every meeting you go into where you need to build influence kind of maybe not a, a full slide deck of a story arc, but going in understanding what story arc you need to represent to make a compelling argument and aligning that with the data is a very good way to build influence. I, and actually, you know, speaking of triangulation, I think the three folks that you have uh, for this invest theme uh, are really kind of an example of triangulation. I mean, they're all coming at it from very different perspectives, Darrell, JJ, Pantanjali. I think it's going to be great. Uh, I'm really excited uh, about how the four of you are going to work together over the coming months to, to create uh, three talks that you'll lead uh, or you'll facilitate uh, that really meld together well and are co cohesive as a, as a set, but each can have very different points around investment in design in the enterprise context. Yes. Uh, for those of you who um, uh, are wondering about this whole enterprise UX discussion that, that's uh, uh, going, going through this podcast, um, uh, I will uh, just uh, put in the plug that the conference Enterprise UX, it's, it's in its fourth edition, is happening in San Francisco, June 13th through 15th. Uh, lovely new uh, venue, if you've been before. We'll be at the Mission Bay Conference Center, uh, and Amy's one of our theme leaders, and uh, uh, can be a great event. Uh, there is now, um, we're actually now thinking about doing something extra different and fun one of the nights. Uh, we're thinking of bringing back battle decks. So <laughs> that. I'm, I am so excited by that. Uh, if you don't know about battle decks, you might have heard of it as PowerPoint karaoke. Um, I think it's the, uh, sort of a, a no-brainer to do something like that at a conference uh, for people who work in enterprises. I don't know of a, of a worse environment for decks to be born in than the <laughs> Anyway, Amy, uh, thank you. Do you want to leave us with uh, anything you want to leave us with? Uh, well, Website, yeah. uh, the name, uh, the tag, uh, anything well, at all. Since that you brought up the conference, <laughs> incidentally, I'm sure. Um, since you brought up the conference, um, I wanted to mention to folks who haven't attended a UX conference before, or for people who don't think they have the time or don't want to invest the money, you will meet some of the leaders in our in our field. You'll meet some of the most amazing, most approachable people who, I mean, we're all empathetic people. We're all you know, coming from the same direction, go and talk to people, go, go to these conferences, go talk to these people, meet these people. You'll find people that you feel like are instant family. Uh, it's a, and it's an amazing feeling. Um, and personally, I just wanted to kind of thank one of my mentors, Christina Woodkey. Um, I wouldn't have been brave enough to take the leap to go to Amazon if it wasn't for having met her at IA Summit, you know, eight years ago or so and building a friendship with her where she really helped me feel much more confident about what I do and the value of what I do. Well, uh, you won't be the first person to um, call out Christina Whitkey for uh, mentorship and, and inspiration. So thanks for doing that. 
Uh, I certainly find her to, to be an inspiration as well. Uh, Amy, thanks for joining us. At some point, we're going to have you back on this podcast uh, when you can actually talk about what it means to be uh, a manager of a personality experience team. Uh, it, it, no, you can't it, talk it, about it. <laughs> Amazon probably wouldn't be happy if you did, but uh, uh, one right. day. One day, one fine day. But in a nutshell, it's a wild ride. I can tell you that. <laughs> Amy Marquez, thanks for joining us today. Great to talk with you. Thank you, Lou.